like to direct your attention this morning to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Particularly these words, that I may know him. That was the most important thing to the Apostle Paul. His one desire was that I may know him. That was really the purpose of his whole life. To me, to live is Christ, he said. In what sense? That I may know him. That I may get to know him more and more and more as the days go by. That I may get closer and closer to him. That I might walk with him and talk with him and share with him and he with me. Until eventually I find myself with him forever in heaven. Wonder does this in any sense describe you and me? This great concern that I may know Christ. It hadn't always been like that in Paul's life. You remember that, first of all, he was a Pharisee. And he was a very enthusiastic Pharisee, tremendously zealous. But then something happened. There he was on the Damascus Road, and he met Christ. A great bright light shone down upon him, and he fell on his knees. And he heard a voice from heaven saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And then notice the change. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Now his whole life was changed. It was directed towards Christ. Jesus was his Lord. What wilt thou have me to do, Lord? My Lord and my God. Now I want to, to know thee and to live for thee and to glorify thee and to spend and be spent for thee. Everything had changed. And he wants now to, to know Christ more and more. That was his great longing. There we have a real Christian. A real Christian is somebody who's in love with Christ. And being in love with Christ isn't some sort of dead thing. It's something alive. 
It's a relationship. <clears throat> Remember when you you fell in love with your your husband, your wife. It wasn't just a matter you got to know them and that was it. It was a matter of you wanted to get to know them more and more. You wanted to be with them. You delighted in their company. You wanted more and more of their fellowship. You were looking forward to being married, to being together. That's love. It's, it's not something dead. It's something that's alive. Christianity has been in love. It's been in love with Christ. It's a progressive relationship. Paul talks about it in verse 14 here as pressing on toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of Jesus. Pressing on. It's not static. It's alive. It's pressing forward. It's reaching ahead. It's going onward more and more. Churches are composed of three types of people. It was the same in the time of Jesus. There were Pharisees and there were Sadducees and there were real Christians. Three kinds. And it's the same today. There's Pharisees and Sadducees and real Christians. So there's a question for you today. Are you a Pharisee? Are you a Sadducee? Or are you a real Christian? We read there together in Matthew chapter 16 where Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. That meant beware of the doctrine, beware of the teaching of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Well, I'd like us today to think first of all about the Pharisees, then to think about the Sadducees, and then to think about the real Christians. Now the Pharisees then, first of all. Pharisees are really earnest about their religion. There's nothing half-hearted about a Pharisee. A Pharisee is zealous and enthusiastic. They're earnest in their religion. The Pharisees believed the whole Bible. They believed everything that was taught in the Bible. And the Pharisees also believed in keeping the commandments. That was very important to them. They believed in the law of God. They believed in God. And they believed it was their duty to keep God's commandments. They were traditional, conservative. Nothing liberal about them. They were conservative. And actually... There's lots of Pharisees in the Free Church continuing and in the Free Presbyterian Church. Not so many in 
some of the other bigger churches, Church of Scotland or whatever. But there's quite a lot of Pharisees amongst us. We've got to think about that. The Pharisees criticised Jesus because he wasn't keeping the Sabbath day as well as they thought he should. Amazing, isn't it, to criticise Jesus? Well, you get the same thing today with Pharisees who criticise the Lord's people, just as they criticise Jesus. Pharisees are experts in criticising, experts in finding faults with others. Even Jesus himself didn't keep the Sabbath day in their minds as he should. He wasn't strict enough. He was a little bit loose in his keeping of the Sabbath. He was doing more than he need have done on the Sabbath. There were things that he could have left to the day following the Sabbath. Things that he could have done on the day prior to the Sabbath. And there he was doing these things on the Sabbath. And then they criticised Jesus for the company that he kept, the people that he moved around with. They were quite critical of that. He associated a bit too much, they thought, with the, the sinners, the bad people, the people who are not honouring God and serving God the way they should, the people who are breaking God's commandments. You see, they were they were experts in finding fault and in criticising others. They were very straight and strict in their own life, very traditional, keeping to the old ways, keeping to the old worship, dressing indeed in a certain way. They they wanted people to see how how conservative they were in their dress. They wanted to look holy. And they were self-righteous. They had a little bit of pride in their appearance, in their behaviour, in the way they lived. And they were always comparing themselves with others. And when they compared themselves with others, it was always in a favourable way. These people... They do these things. I would never do that. I'm not like them. We're far better than they are. That church, do you know the things they do in that church? You know the things that go on there? We're so much better. Comparing themselves favorably with others. And as it says in verse 3 here in Philippians chapter 3, Putting confidence in the flesh. Putting confidence in earthly things, worldly things, church things, <coughs> practices, behaviour. Finding some encouragement from the, the way they were living themselves and the things they were doing and the things they weren't doing. Paul, as I said, he was a Pharisee. To begin with, 
He was a great Pharisee. Notice how he puts it here. He says, verse 4, Though I might have confidence in the flesh, if any man has confidence in the flesh, I more. I was a real Pharisee. I was circumcised on the eighth day. That's what God said to Abraham. You must circumcise your children from now on, on the eighth day, your little babies. Of the stock of Israel, I wasn't a Gentile in any sense. Of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, there was no foreign blood in me. I was a pure Jew, one of the Hebrews of the Hebrews. And as touching the law, a Pharisee, of the strictest sect of our religion, of the most careful of people, there was nobody more careful in keeping the commandments than me. As touching the law of Pharisee and concerning seal, there was nothing half-hearted in my religion. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church because... The church were these new people with these new ideas and following this Jesus of Nazareth and all these different things that he was doing. But I persecuted the church because I really believed in the Jewish religion. And there was only one church at that time, the Jewish church. Touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Outwardly I lived a blameless life. I tried my hardest and I succeeded to a great extent. <clears throat> but what things were gained to me at one time, those now I count loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of knowing Christ. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. The loss of prestige. The loss of popularity. The loss of comfort. The loss of wealth. I've suffered the loss of all things. But actually I count them as dung. That I may win Christ. Christ is everything to me now. Jesus, not me, not my righteousness, not my life, not my practices, not my church, Jesus. Jesus means everything to me now. And in fact, when I think about myself now, the good that I want to do, the good that the Lord tells me to do, I don't do. And the evil which the law condemns, the evil which I hate, that's actually what I do. And when I look into my own heart and my own life, I find myself crying out, Oh, wretched man that I am! What a failure! What a mess! What a disaster! What a disappointment to myself and to God. To me belongs the lowest place. That's what Paul said. Remember how he put it when he was writing to Timothy towards the end of his life. 
He said, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I was chief. No, that's not what he says. Of whom I am. Present tense. I am the chief of sinners. Do you ever think of yourself as the worst sinner in Inverness? I am the chief of sinners. That's what Paul said. And to my way of looking at it, Paul was the greatest of saints. And yet he describes himself as the chief of sinners. Do you know anything of that? Seeing everybody else as better than yourself. The good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. There's no merit in me. <clears throat> critical of himself. But the Pharisee, the Pharisee is critical of others. They can see faults in others. They compare themselves favorably with others. And they feel quite good in some ways about their life. And they think, well, what more could I do? I'm not that bad. Plenty of people worse than me. I try my best. I do what I can. I go to church. I go regularly to church. I read my Bible. I say my prayers. I hold family worship. I keep the Sabbath day. Don't commit adultery. Don't tell lies. I don't steal. try my best. I do what I can. Is that what you say? Or do you say, wretched man that I am. I don't do what I can. And I fail in everything I do. And I don't keep the Sabbath day. And I don't keep any of the commandments. I break every one of them. In thought, word, and deed. I'm just a sinner. A horrid, wretched sinner. I'm the chief of sinners. Well, you see where the Pharisee is. Finding some good in themselves. And being very ready to find fault in others. Could you be a Pharisee? Secondly, the Sadducees. Now, the Sadducees were also very religious people. And the Pharisees had a very prominent role in the church. Very prominent. The Pharisees, in fact, were the ones who were in charge of the temple. All the chief priests, they were, they were Sadducees. The Sadducees were in charge of the temple. Sadducees, the priestly party, were mostly Sadducees. Now you'll get some Sadducees too in the synagogues, but the Pharisees tended to predominate in the synagogues. And the Pharisees were most highly thought of as especially holy people, but the Sadducees, they were a bit more liberal. They weren't so 
correct in their ways. Annas and Caiaphas, they were Sadducees, and the people who offered the sacrifices in the temple were Sadducees. So they were leading the worship. They were like the liberals in the church today. There's not so many Sadducees in the FP church or in the FCC. You tend to get them more in the Church of Scotland and the bigger churches you get the, the Sadducees. The Sadducees, they didn't hold to the whole Bible. They believed in the first five books, the books of Moses, and they, they believed in holding to these books and other parts they doubted. Um, they didn't believe in spirits and angels and devils. And they didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in life after death. They were doubters in many ways. They were active in the church, but they weren't as serious as the Pharisees. They had positions of authority and of leadership, but uh, they weren't so careful in their lives. They hated judgment. Christ just as much as the Pharisees. And it's interesting how they came together. The Pharisees and the Sadducees combined together. The highly strict people and the liberal people came together to destroy Jesus. Neither of them could stand Jesus. So these Sadducees today, they would be the people who are quite happy to have and want women as elders and Preachers in the churches and even homosexuals in the churches, they accept these things. Well, you've got to move with the times, they say, and love this love. And it's a wonderful thing if a couple love one another. And even although they're same sex, that's fine. They can get married if they want. That's what the Sadducees say. Well, it's just love, isn't it? And they don't make any distinction between love and lust. The liberals today, the worldly leaders in so many churches, and the big churches, the prominent churches, moving with the times, accepting the culture of the day, any kind of music will do in the church. They reject traditions, they reject the conservative position. I wonder, are you a Sadducee? I would doubt it. I don't think there's many Sadducees in our churches, they do. They would tend to leave, wouldn't they? And they would join the, the bigger, more liberal churches. The Sadducees. So, on the one hand, you've got the Pharisees, so traditional. And on the other hand, you've got the Sadducees. But then, thirdly, the real Christians. What is a Christian? That I may know him. Somebody who knows Christ. Who's got to know him. It's not, you see, a matter of keeping commandments and obeying rules.
Many people keep commandments and no rules and obey them. And they'll end up in hell. Paul, according to the righteousness which is in the law, was blameless. But he was a lost soul. Until he met Christ on the Damascus Road. And neither is it a matter of mere beliefs. The Pharisees had had the beliefs. They believed the whole Bible. And modern Pharisees believe everything that's in the Bible. They believe in creation, six-day creation. They believe that Jesus performed miracles, that he was the Son of God, <coughs> that he died, that he rose again that he's in heaven, that he's coming again. You believe that there's one God? The devils believe also and tremble. It's not enough to believe the facts or to keep the commandments. It's been in love with Christ. Love really summarizes the gospel. In a sense, it summarizes the law. The law is, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength and mind and your neighbor as yourself. And the gospel is, God loved us. And God provided for us in his love as Savior. So love, in a sense, summarizes the Bible. And a Christian is somebody who's in love. In love with Christ. You can't be in love with somebody unless you believe in them, of course. You've got to believe in them. But you've got to be in love with them. And it's a progressive thing. It's a relationship. It's ongoing. It's a living thing. We're not born that way. We're all born dead in trespass and sins. We're born alienated and enemies in our minds by wicked works. All of us, by nature, by birth, are enemies of God. We've got to be born again. Jesus said, there's a broad gate and a broad way that leads to destruction. And many go in that broad gate. And then there's a narrow gate and a narrow way that leads to life. And few there be that find it. Have you gone through that narrow gate? And are you walking along the narrow way? What is that narrow gate? It's the new birth. The broad gate is the first birth. The narrow gate is the new birth. You must be born again. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless you're born, born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless you be converted, says Christ, and become like little children, you cannot enter the kingdom. There's a conversion to take place a radical change 
becoming like little children, children of God, who put their faith in him. <clears throat> We've got to meet Jesus. We've got to receive Jesus. Jesus has to enter into our hearts. And then we are Christians. Then we're real Christians. We've got to begin the race. And the race begins at conversion. And then we're pressing on toward the mark for the prize. Running forward with effort and energy and enthusiasm. Running the race that is set before us with patience. Looking unto Jesus. Laying aside every weight. The sin which does so easily beset us. Pressing on. Pressing on. Progression. Going forward. Forgetting those things that are behind. Putting no confidence in the flesh. Not thinking about the home, the family, the, the church we belong to. The things of that nature. Hebrew of the Hebrews or whatever. Leaving all these things behind but looking. Looking to Jesus, the great Saviour. And putting all our faith in him, forgetting those things that are behind, forgetting the life of the Pharisee, counting all these things but dung, but excited, excited about Christ, realizing that as far as our lives are concerned, we're all of us hell-deserving sinners, but Christ deserved heaven for us. He's our only reason why we should get to heaven. His merit is our merit. He took our sins upon himself and gave to us his righteousness. I laid my sins on Christ. I took him as my merit and my righteousness, my goodness, that I might know him you can feel the enthusiasm, the energy of Paul as he says this, that I might know him and know him more and more and more. And You know, you can know a lot about a person without knowing them. Prince Harry has been telling us quite a lot about the royal family. You can know quite a bit about King Charles and Prince Harry and Prince William. It's another thing to know them, isn't it? Personally to know somebody. So you can know a lot about Jesus, about God. You can know a lot of theology. Very good theology. But it's a different thing to know the Saviour. He is mine and I am his. My beloved is mine. And I am his. My beloved is as the apple tree among the trees of the wood. I sat down under his shadow with great delight. And his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me into the banqueting house. And his banner over me was love. That I might know him and the power 
of his resurrection. The power that comes from his resurrection, the power that flows from the work of Christ, the power that comes as the risen Lord gives to us the Holy Spirit, that I might know the Spirit of God in me, giving me victory. I need power. Christianity is power. Power over the world, the flesh, and the devil. That I might know him and increasingly know the power of his resurrection that comes from his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. (coughs) Fellowship means sharing. Sharing in the sufferings of Christ. Not in the sense that we can atone for our sins as Christ's atoning sufferings, but rather that we share with him because he has left behind for you and me certain sufferings in this world that we might share with him in these sufferings. Who are these in heaven in the white robes? These are they that have passed through great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Great tribulation. There's sufferings. Sufferings are given to us in this life. Sometimes persecution. Direct sufferings for Christ. But other sufferings with Christ. Afflictions and trials and sufferings in body and mind that I might have fellowship with Christ in my sufferings, suffering with my Savior and reconciled to suffer and patient in suffering and long-suffering in my suffering because it's his will for my sanctification. Being made conformable unto his death. Why did he die? To save me. To make me into a saint. Conformed to the death of Christ. So that you have died with Christ. To the old life. So that you are buried with Christ to the old ways so that you are risen with Christ to new life in that sense conformable unto his death conformed to the death of Christ if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead the resurrection of the dead When they're perfect. Perfect in soul and body. That is the ideal. That's the goal. And more and more, that's what the Christian is aiming for. To know Christ so that through knowing Christ, We will be with Christ, risen with Christ, resurrected with Christ, 
perfect with Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I haven't already got a hold of this. But one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, reaching forth unto those things that are before, I press toward the mark for the prize. Well, friends, where do you stand today? Are you one of those who who know Christ, who are getting to know him more and more, who are pressing on toward the mark? Are you a Pharisee? Are you a Sadducee? Are you a Pharisee who finds some comfort in criticizing others and looking into your own heart and life at what you've done and haven't done? Or is all your hope and your confidence in the finished work of Christ and your aim and your goal to know him, to know him more and more till you are embraced in his arms and the bliss of heaven. Let us pray. O Lord, our God, grant unto us that we would beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Grant us to be real Christians, to have our real Christian spirit, to be holy, to be loving, to be forgiving, to be kind, to be generous, to be Christ-like, to have Christ in us, the hope of glory, conformed to his death and risen with him in new life. So bless us each one for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Our closing praise is Psalm 23. Psalm 23 <coughs> talks about a relationship between us and our Lord. The, Lord. the Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me down to lie in pastures green. He leadeth me the quiet waters by. My soul he doth restore again, and me to walk doth make within the paths of righteousness, even for his own name's sake. Psalm 23, to God's praise.
or as follows the evening service as usual <coughs> at 6.30pm the prayer meeting on Thursday at the usual time 7.30 and will be taken God willing by Mr. Harley Cameron the service is next Sabbath 15th January at the usual times to be taken by the Reverend Gordon Mayer if you would like to order the witness for 2023, the cost is unchanged at £30. Please put your payment in the collection bowl uh, in an envelope marked witness. You can pay in cash or by cheque, payable to Greyfriars FCC. These are all the intimations. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen. Amen.